This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This episode of Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff is brought to you by Sustainably Yours Natural Cat Litter. And welcome, welcome to a very special episode of Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. You're here live with Dr. Jeff, where we host the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radios. Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. We're here for you. We're here for your pets. We're here to answer questions. And today, we want cats. We want lots of cats. We want to ask anything you want to ask about cats, because we have the expert who's going to help us through all those kitty problems. As you know, I have six of them, and that means six times the trouble. And uh, fortunately, they are amazing cats. All males, we're going to talk about that, male versus female when it comes to cats. I want Jackson's opinion on this one. Anyway, to get a hold of us, very easy to do. You can reach us for us live right here on Zoom by going on to the website, PetLifeRadio.com. Click on Shows. Click on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And just go to the link that's left for you. You can join us live here right now. And the easy way out, but not as good, but it's better than nothing. And that's give us a call toll-free, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. So, Jackson, welcome, welcome. It's great to have you on the show. Uh, We know we share one passion, and that is sustainably yours cat litter, I got to tell you. I met them at a trade show, oh, God, maybe four years ago now. And, you know, like typically, you walk through these booths, everyone wants to show you their stuff, and they, you know, grab you basically by the shirt. It's like that, you know, the good old-fashioned, you know, hook, they grab you in, and he shows me, gives me a demo, and I'm saying, oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So they send me some. Now, mind you, I have a lot of cats. And I always have had a lot of cats. And I'm telling you, I am in love with this litter only because it's like, what I find, it's, it's, it's better than just clumping. Instead of using corn husks, they use corn kernels. It's like the best, finest sand you're going to see on a, on a beautiful beach somewhere in the tropics. And um, what I like about, most about it is that when you remove the clumps, whether it's poop or pee, whatever it is, what's left is as good as new. You never have to just dump the whole thing and, and start over again. You just keep adding as you're subtracting from the clumps you just add more and uh it's great the smell is great easy to clean i just love it so um and anyway so jackson i guess got i don't know the the fortune or misfortune to start working along with them as well and uh what do you think as an expert i'm working with them so i must like it no i i i as you know by now i mean been around for a long time and i don't put my name on things unless they work in my house and I got you beat, by the way. We got seven cats, two extras. We got fosters. So, uh, yeah, that's nine. And uh, that's a lot of litter. And yeah. I don't want my house, number one, I don't want my house smelling like we have nine cats. Number two, I just want to make sure that it's easy. Number three, I, I wanted, I've always wanted to just work with natural litter, which is tough because historically it either doesn't work as a clumping litter or it doesn't work smell wise and that to me was the miracle of this litter is that it's soft like sand like you said and it clumps like a son of a gun and and because it clumps so well it holds in the smell i have nothing bad to say about sustainably yours and that's why i joined forces well that's great my question always has been and and i'm sure others how did you because you are so good and you're so good with cats, but how did this happen? I mean, I'm pretty good with cats too. People, you know, I'll be holding a cat in the exam room and um, I'm, you know, cuddling with it as I'm getting a little history and talking to the owner. And all of a sudden the owner will say, I can't believe it. I go, what? She goes, I've never been able to hold my cat as long as you're holding the cat right now. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, I don't know if the cat is scared, you know, what list, and therefore doesn't know where to go because it's a strange environment. He doesn't know the hiding places. So he said, okay, I'm, I'm sticking with this guy right here because he's nice to me. There's that. It is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what, what drew you to, and I know I read a little bio on you that actually the ring bearer at your wedding was your, one of your dogs or, or yeah. a dog. And let me tell you something. Uh, there were a few cat people who weren't all that psyched about that. I, oh, and yeah. It was an outdoor wedding. We were, we were in the mountains in Utah. And uh, there was no way I was bringing a cat out right. there. So the dog was the ring bear. And the, the beautiful part about it was that we had a donkey as a flower girl. So that was okay. fun, too. <laughs> so tell us about your, your passion for cats, how it started, when it started, and how did you become Jackson Galaxy? Well, I mean, <laughs> it was a passion of opportunity, I suppose. I really was never much of a, you know, a cat fanatic up until... The point that I started working in an animal shelter, and that was in the early 90s. And at that point, you know, cats were getting killed in huge numbers back then in the shelters. And pretty early on, two things happened. One, the cats kind of picked me, like it, they, they just started following me around, and my coworkers started making fun of me. And the second thing was that I realized if I could try to manipulate, I guess, the fact that they really trusted me, then maybe they wouldn't die in such huge numbers in our shelter. So that's where it all started. And then it developed into my life and my passion as time went on. And how long did it take you? Because cats, as I always say, give me the toughest medical or surgical problem in a cat any day over a cat behavior problem. Yeah. And so when did you realize that you have this, this very, very unique knack to help people with their cat behavior issues? Well, I, you know, like I said, I mean, working with the cats came really natural to me. And there's a part of it that I can't really explain. And then, of course, I learned everything I possibly could about them. And then I just spent a lot of time just being with them. I mean, I would be in a room with 20 cats. And it's like your sort of mad laboratory. You're, you're like, all right, I wonder if I blink at this cat for long enough, what's going to happen? Things like that. But the other side of it is working with people. And I'll be honest with you, that's just as hard as working with the cats, you know? <laughs> sure uh, and so trying to learn both of those skills, I thought, and they both revolve around psychology, just different species, but it turned into, I guess, a sweet spot, um, which I'm grateful for. I read some stuff and I want to go over because, you know, I as well as, he, as a veterinarian, but also we're often asked about behavior issues for, you know, cats and dogs. And as you know, there are now board certified veterinary behaviorists which I'm sure when it comes to cats can learn a lot themselves. So I had some, uh, some, some things that you have obviously written a lot about, and um, I just want to go through them. Uh, we'll try to keep the answer somewhat succinct, but important. First of all, I want to go this one first, speaking of litter. Why do cats pee out of a litter box? And you want a succinct answer to that? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like <laughs> snowflakes, man. I mean, there are, there are a lot of reasons, and that's mm -hmm. why I think I've dedicated so much time in video and, and books and TV shows because it, 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 there's a lot. But I'm sure you'd understand that the first thing you do, if your cat starts peeing out the side of the box and never have before, you go to the vet first. You Absolutely. go to the vet. You don't mess around because to some degree or another, that cat's raising a flag and, and they're letting you know that something's not right something's in the world. Right. And if your house hasn't changed, no new cats, dogs, people, whatever, no construction, I haven't moved, right to the vet. After that, then there's a lot. 
Right. You know, we talk about, and I, I'm glad you said that. For the first question I'll ask is, what's changed? And it could be it's the weirdest thing. You could have moved a, a chair four feet in one, in one direction or another, and cats are just, they they like it the way it is. And you've changed something, anything, their schedule. You start getting home 20 minutes later than you used to, that could be the trigger. They are just so, you, you just got to be really, really careful. Of course, the basics like food, brand of litter, the feeding time, you know, all these things make a difference. Uh, new cats in the house, con- like you mentioned, construction outdoors, anything that can freak them out. I just did a video last week where I just focused on the one thing. Actually, it's coming out next week. The thing, you know, okay, litter preference. How do you recognize it? And what do you do about it? That's just one little component, you know. But here's the main thing is it's really important that you as the guardian not freak out. You know, and that's hard. I know that's hard. But in order to be a good detective, in order to get to the bottom of what your cat is doing, you got to just step away from the emotions of the whole thing because you got to remember your cat's not doing it to get back at you. Your cat is expressing anxiety or pain, and that is got to be your your priority. Let's go to one of the next ones here, and that is, and I liked it. It says the wrong way to play with your cat. Yeah, yeah. So what are some of the mistakes? Because often, as we just mentioned, when you start seeing cat behavior issues, it's often something that we did inadvertently, but we did it. What are some of the clues? What are some of the things that we, from your experience, can share with our viewers, listeners about what would be the right and the wrong way to play with your cats? Well, you know, when we say wrong, it's just, you got to remember what the goal is. And the goal is to sort of take this hunter energy that exists in every cat. And instead of having it build up to frustration that they don't hunt, that they don't have, you know, an outlet, a natural outlet for their needs, that we have to take care of that. We have to drain that energy out. So for instance, if you spend most of your playtime hanging out with a laser pointer, okay, now you're doing it wrong, right? You're starting that engine up. And you're never giving it the the road for the rubber to hit, you know? They never get to catch that light. And that's frustrating. Nothing wrong with starting with it to start that engine, but you gotta give them something to kill, you know? And that has to be part of it. And you gotta get them tired, you know? And and uh, there's techniques involved, but if you find yourself either playing with a just with a laser pointer or playing with a wand toy while you sit on the couch and text at the same time then you're probably doing it wrong. Gotcha. And another thing that we uh, talked about, and I, from a veterinary standpoint, over probably 50% of cats in the U.S. right now are overweight or obese. And one of the reasons is that they, they're eating beautifully, but we're not getting them the exercise. It's, you know, you don't often see cat outside on a leash or on the harness, taking a walk with it and a run and going to the park and chasing the, the tennis ball. So we have to come up with really creative ways to get them to move around. The laser light's one of them, but you said now if you're going to do it, make sure that at some point they get to catch something. Right. There are a lot of really cool toys out there that are movable and engage the cat's interest. Right. Now, yeah, I mean, your point, I mean, having a little stuffed mouse and throwing it and letting your cat do this for 30 seconds is not play. Play is interactive and uh, and play is you attached to one end and the cat attached to the other. You can do a lot of those other things, but the focus should be on interactivity. So give us some suggestions of what would be a good interactive kind of game to play with our cats. Well, I mean, look, I'm, I'm a little biased. I, I make a wand toy that I'm very happy with. And, Let's hear it. 
Yeah, I mean, I make a couple of them, and, and they focus on trying to find what makes your little hunter click. Is it air prey? Is it ground prey? Is it somewhere in the middle? Do they really go for the moth at the ceiling, or do they go for the bug disappearing around the back of the couch? Get to know your cat. And then the other thing is a technique that I call boil and simmer. And you know, the, the, the recipe, bring it to a boil, let it simmer. And with cats, don't forget they're built for speed, not for distance. So the idea of them running laps around the house for a half hour isn't gonna happen. What will happen is getting them into the hunt, getting them tired, waiting for two minutes, getting them up again, wait for two minutes, because that's them in, in the wild. They'll make a dash and then they'll just rest for a second. So, you know, if you're going to put a half hour into it, 20 minutes into it, then boil, simmer, they'll be tired after a little bit. Perfect. And um, I want to talk about obesity for a second. You know, it, it, it is a huge problem. Um, as I said, I have six. Two of my cats are on, on the large side. And, uh, you know, the thing is, it's, it's because of the way we feed them. I, I would say, from my experience, most people that are going to feed their cats, I prefer a mixture of canned and dry. I do canned first in the morning and let them graze. But be very careful when you're grazing on dry food that you don't leave it out literally at, at infinitum. I mean, at some point, you got to put a lid on it. If they want to eat it fast, then they'll wait till dinner. But uh, don't feel sorry for them when they go to that bowl and it's empty and you go ahead and fill it again. You may not be doing your cat a favor. And again, you need to work with your vet. What is the ideal weight for your particular cat? And again, the more cats you have, the more difficult it is because, you know, they are, if you're trying to feed one, like one of mine is a little on the thin side, but if I, he'll eat when he, and he's pretty good, he's a good eater, but when he leaves the stuff in there, my big cats are in for the kill. So um, it does make it more challenging, but the problems that we have, people have, and dogs have with obesity, cats as well, and it leads to a, a number of problems. And I read, interestingly, Jackson, that there was a time in your life where you had a problem with also, you know, having a little too much weight carried around, and you turned yours around, obviously, very well. So, you know, what are your recommendations to get a cat to do a little bit more and not from the owner's perspective, not feel badly when they look at that empty bowl and they give you the sad eyes? Well, I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, I have a long sort of laundry list of things about nutrition that I'm pretty passionate about. But, you know, but one of the things that I find really important is, you know, as you're alluding to, is mealtime is, you know, letting your cats graze all day long not only makes them heavier, but from a behavioral standpoint, you're losing that opportunity, number one, to get your cats in a rhythm and get them in sort of an energetic rhythm, just like your family has. And it's important, and you can't do that if they're always sort of half digesting food. The other thing is, let's face facts, man. I, you know, you and I can have a way with cats, but food rules, man. And, and if you want a cat to do something for you, and if you want a cat to you know, just do anything, food is what they need. So if they're never truly hungry, it's not gonna work. So yeah, I'm a big fan of meals. Not to forget, I mean, I think one of the things I'm seeing a lot of, and I think is not a great approach, is folks are feeding their cats twice a day. Cats aren't built for that. Cats are built to eat every five hours or something like that. So, you know, I would go three, even four meals a day. I think if you've got, if you've got the schedule to do it, that's, that's a really good way to do it. Well, now with COVID, I think a lot of people may have the schedule to do yeah, it. Yeah, that's the truth, man. <laughs> take advantage of it. That's a really good point. You hear that, everybody. Take away this uh, this concept that dog, like dogs eat twice a day. Cats, if you want to give them mealtime and not have them graze until they, they start putting on the pounds, um, I think it, it is a wise idea to give them more meal, more 
planned meals. And they get used to it too. And that's interesting. You make a point. I say it when it comes to dog training, because I am also a fan of food reward to get animals to do something at the beginning, a couple of your little operant conditioning where you also cover with, ah, good boy, good boy. Um, and I say, they don't understand volume. For them, it's the, it's the joy of getting the treat. Right. So if you give them a lot at once, right, that, you know, then the whole pint of haagen instead of just a teaspoon, right, then what's going to happen is a dog or a cat, they're not going to, they're going to stop performing because they're going to be full. They're going to be digesting. Yep. But if you give them just a touch, right, they'll want to And continue. I'll tell you one more thing about that is that when it comes to treats and things like that, don't forget cats are not built to digest carbs in any way. They right. are obligate carnivores. Are about so, carnivores. Exactly. you know, when we talk about, and I'm not going to name brands, obviously, but, you know, the little crunchies fill up really fast and they're not going to process it in a bio-appropriate way. So, it, you know, the best thing I can tell you to do is training treats. Stick to, there's a lot of great brands out there uh, of freeze-dried treats, all meat. You know, you can break it down to little bitty pieces. There's a lot of different flavors out there. So, you know, try that first uh, before before the crunchies. Okay, when we come back, we have time for a quick break here. We're going to come back. We have some more questions. I have some more questions for Jackson. If you have anything you want to hear or talk about, now's your chance. 877-385-8882. 877-385-8882. Or join us here live on Zoom at Pet Life Radio. Ask the best of Dr. Jeff. Don't go away. We'll be back after these short messages. Are you listening to this right now with a cell phone clenched between your teeth as you frantically flip pages on your paper calendars? Or are you a new breed of groomer, bred for speed and efficiency of movement? 123 Pet Software automates your communications, doing the reminding, confirming, thanking, and marketing for you. 123 Pet centralizes your schedule, employees, clients, inventory, and more. 123 Pet is the business management software you need. Start minding your business today. Visit 123petsoftware.com. Molly, here's your dinner. <coughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber and our special guest, Jackson Galaxy, cat expert extraordinaire. And um, so Jackson, you know, holidays are around the corner. And one of the things I also see you, you write about and you've written about are foods that are toxic to cats. And I mean, one, I had a case a number of years ago, fortunately, it was my first and only, but it is scary as hell. And that is acetaminophen toxicity in a cat, Tylenol. It will kill a cat. I got so lucky that we were able to pull this cat through. Cat comes in, young cat, 
tongue is blue like a chow chow. And yet breathing beautifully, the lungs were clear, the heart's pumping, and this poor guy could not get oxygen. Right away, oh my God, This is, here it is, my first case. Fortunately, it was my only acetaminophen toxicity. What happened was the guy who I knew, he got home, had a fun night with the boys, little headache, and he poured himself two uh, acetaminophen, two Tylenol, and one dropped. He didn't think twice about it. He said, you know, he was, it was, he was not all there anyway. So he just said, you know, he just gave himself another one, took his two, went to bed. Next thing you know, the cat's like this, found it on the floor and said, hmm, this looks interesting. Let's, let's take a bite. Anyway, what it does is it actually binds the red blood cells that are supposed to bind with hemoglobin with what we call methemoglobin, which is great. The, the binding sites are the same, but methemoglobin cannot carry oxygen. And so this poor cat was literally suffocating. It was frightening. Jackson, holidays coming up. Let's talk about some other things we really have to worry about our cats. I mean, the first thing I'll tell you guys, I mean, is that, and there is a video on this that we just put out on my YouTube channel just a few weeks ago. So if I miss something, that's where it is. But uh, the, the thing I, I, I tell folks all the time is treat your home as if you have a toddler and a toddler who can get to the ceiling. And that's really what we're talking yeah. about is cat proofing your home. Because like you're saying, if, if your cat, and, and obviously this was a dropped tablet, but if your cat can get into the medicine cabinet, if they can get under the sink, right. So that's not foods, but that's, you know, one of the things that, uh, and you've seen this, I'm sure in dogs as well, chocolate is a big thing during the holidays and it's everywhere. And I think everyone's been binging uh, during our pandemic eat-a-thon, but you got to keep that away from the cats um, and the dogs. It'll kill them if they eat enough of it. Garlic and onions. One of the yes. things I think that, look, it's fine if you are yourself a carnivore and you're eating uh, a meal during the holidays to give your, your cats pieces of meat. That said, what's on the meat is really important. Garlic is also highly toxic to cats and so is is onion one of the surprising things is caffeine will really harm your cat and i know that a lot of cats will dunk their head in, in your coffee cup gotta watch out for that so there's a long list and you'd be surprised uh, about a lot of them but the one thing i will tell folks oh and don't forget about lactose intolerance you guys cats are lactose intolerant the whole fable of cats lapping up uh, no. a dish of cream, we forget what happens about two hours later, which is a little explosion, you know, um, or a big one. So uh, it is important to stay on top of a lot of the foods in your house, um, especially during the holidays. And remember, because cats are obligate carnivores, they are only built to digest very specific things. And that is basically anything associated with meat. Anything else you're going to want to take a look at. You know, one of the things I want to add, two things, and I'm glad you mentioned it. So if you have a cat that eat, does eat something, uh, for example, even fatty foods, too much fat, cats can get pancreatitis as well. And when a cat, and this is, this is a big difference between cat and dog, and, and you really have to understand it. A dog can go, they say, about five to seven days without eating as long as it has water. A cat cannot go three days without eating. They get something called hepatic lipidosis, fatty liver syndrome, which is often worse than whatever it was that they ate in the first place that caused the vomiting. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I've known, I mean, and the more obese the cat, the faster hepatic lipidosis will set in. So it could be 12, 14, 16 hours. Right. And you're going to start seeing some really bad things happening. It's just, it is truly important to, and that, you know, that goes back by the way, Jeff, to, to the whole thing about letting your cats graze you don't know what they're eating and if right. they're eating, you know, and right. that's truly, I mean, it's crucial with cats as you're pointing out. 
And the second thing that I find is really misunderstood because I get a lot of calls on AirVet, my telemedicine platform. My cat's been vomiting. And I see this three-year-old cat. We, you know, it's all on video. So I look and I'm looking at the cat. The cat is running and playing and having a blast. So clearly the first thing I see just from a visual standpoint is this cat is not sick. So we have to find out what's going on. What would make a cat vomit that is otherwise totally perfect? Can't wait for its next meal. And I mentioned hairballs. And the first thing he said, well, no, but he doesn't vomit hairballs. I said, this is what you have to understand. Once that hairball clump makes it out of the stomach and it's now somewhere in the intestine, think about, about the drain plug and the main sewer drain under your house. Still causes all the backup, right? But that whatever is there is not coming up. So just because you don't see a hairball, if you have a cat that is can't wait for its next meal, everything is fine, is everything is great, then think about hairballs. And so many people, I say, do you use a hairball remedy? And they go, no, I've never had because he never <laughs> was hairballs. I said, well, maybe now you should think about starting a remedy. And sure enough, in most cases, that solves the problem. So, um, but you know, one of the things that you mentioned earlier, and I'll, and I'll bring back to it, the most important thing is know your normal cat. It is very important because you don't recognize the abnormal if you don't even know what normal is for your cat. And every cat is different. You're going to have five cats. You might have five different normals. So the important thing is to just know your cats well. So when there is something that is just off, as we say in, in very scientific terms, we use the acronym ADR. All right. Ain't doing right. So, uh, you know, just know when your cat is ADR. And, uh, yeah. and that's it's important to let us know as a veterinarian, you know, what is going on. Yeah. Another thing that I love about the litter that we've been talking about, about Sustainably Yours, is the color. It's white. And right. one of the, I mean, I'll, I'll go on about this for days, but I'm really not a fan of those electric litter boxes, cat goes, they either get swept away, flushed away, whatever. You don't know what's coming out of your cat. Right. And if they are bleeding, if they have blood in their urine, if they have diarrhea, you're not going to know. And like I said, one of the things I really dig about the litter is that it's white. So if there's blood, if there's something that's not quite on, then you're going to know about it. And I just think it's really important. I know it's inconvenient to everybody, especially if you've got seven cats, but you got to scoop and look exactly what you're saying. You don't know about ADR unless you're looking. You know? Right. Exactly right. So um, anyway, that's all we have the time for for today. Our show with you, Jackson, I would wish I had an hour show. So that's a hint that we're going to have you back because <laughs> there is so much to talk about. When people say they don't like cats, they say, well, you haven't met mine. My cats, I read the dog book, my mistake. And so they are lovable and they want affection. And they, I know you talk about marking and scent, scent marking. They are up rubbing against me. I mean, they are so much fun to have. And one of the things we didn't get a chance to talk about today, but we are going to talk about it in a, on our, in a future show. And that is cats, male versus female. I really would love to we know. We get there. I know right? we, need, we need to get there because it is, I have my own opinion now and, and I would love to know what you think about it. And, uh, and is there, you know, how do you gauge? And uh, anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to give too much away. I think it's a great topic or at least one of our many topics for another, uh, another segment on uh, cats. We're going to set that up. Anyway, thanks for joining us here. I uh, hope you enjoyed this. If you have any questions for me, or better yet, I'm easy. For Jackson, you can reach me at Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. And also, do you ever mind, or is it just inundate you with questions yourself? Or you want me to filter them? Is there a way that they can get a hold of you to ask questions? Uh, you know, it's not easy. I do monitor all of my social media, but the more personal the question, the harder it is. Right. I just started doing my private consultations again. You can go to jacksongalaxy.com forward slash consults and, uh, and fill out the form. And, and oh. it's crowded, but maybe we can get to that. 
Okay, so perfect. So there is a way to get a hold of you for help through consultations. Yeah. All right. And just everybody knows, anytime you have behavior consultations with a, with a, a behaviorist, it's not free. So uh, just, just know, but you get, you know, it's, it's worth every penny when you think about the lifelong relationship you're going to have with your pet. If you have an issue now, you want to get to the bottom of it as soon as you can. And listen, this is why I've got four books, hundreds of videos, 10 seasons of My Cat from Hell. I've got a lot of resources out there. So and even if it's not mine, you know, you're home, you're more home than you were a year ago. Learn your cat. It'll enrich your life in a huge way. Absolutely. And, you know, they are just amazing. I'm, I'm so crazy about my cats. And my newest one is, you know, I showed you, I brought him on live, you show him to him. He's getting big now. The orange tabby that I've always wanted, uh, I finally got. And uh, he's, he's growing like a weed. So uh, they're usually big cats. He's a male. And uh, God, they're the best. All right. Anyway, thanks for joining us here. Any questions, uh, reach out to us, Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. Uh, if you want to get a hold of Jackson Galaxy, you can go on his website. And what is the website, Jackson? jacksongalaxy.com and there you if go you're interested in the consults just hit forward slash consults perfect and um thanks again to sustainably yours for hosting you today jackson and like i said if you guys are looking for litter you want to make a change if your cat is not using litter box one of the things may be the litter i would recommend highly checking this litter out it is it is i'm sold i've been sold for years and uh, it is fantastic all right have a great week everybody have a wonderful thanksgiving be safe there's a lot of foods out there you got to be really careful with your cats they like the meat but they can't have the skin they can't have a lot of stuff they can't have the seasoning and again no chocolate no nuts a lot of stuff and also be careful with decorations because you know cats like to play with string and uh, string foreign bodies are a bear when it comes to get your cats and um flickering candles they love the they love to play they love to tap when they see something moving because they're hunters and they see that flickering candle and again it could be dangerous so make sure everything is secure and as jackson said earlier you're looking at a room and say is there anything anything he can remotely possibly get a hold of because murphy's law is not only will he he'll get him held either the most dangerous or the most expensive so um keep that in mind and we'll see you here next week have a great week everybody let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com <laughs>